Welcome to From the Shed End Podcast, episode 49 with myself, T-Dot. Theo, how you doing? Good, good, thanks. Um, just had my second coffee of the day. It's been a busy work week for you as well, as we were just talking off air. But um, but hopefully Chelsea don't ruin my weekend come 12.30 tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. It's always it's always bad playing those 12.30 kickoffs mm. because depending on how, to be honest, yeah, maybe a draw is the better solution rather than a loss. But it just ruins the weekend. You know, you've got a whole weekend to, to sort of stew over the fact that you lost and you've got to watch everyone else's games. And so, yeah, we've got to put in a performance, um, which we'll talk about later, but um, let, let's take it all the way back to um, confuse what they, Wednesday, let's go back to Wednesday where we played second leg of our Carabao Cup against Spurs. Um, Thomas Tuchel, after the game said it was a performance that he wasn't really impressed with from a Chelsea perspective. But what was your thoughts going into that game and, and during the game as well? Going into the game, I was relatively confident because I knew that Spurs needed three goals to, to you know, go, go through to the final in 90 minutes and ask them, you know, three goals without us scoring. And, you know, if, if they played anywhere near to the level they played at Stamford Bridge, I was even more confident that we'd qualify. And, you know, come 10 minutes, I thought we dominated possession we, um, you know, we got that early goal. I think it was in the 18th or 17th minutes. I can't really remember. Rudiger header. And then it was kind of just straightforward from there. Spurs kind of thought they're not going to score. They didn't really look threatening. They had a few chances, but all the right VAR calls, you know, I thought um, the ref was poor because from a blind eye, you could tell straight away that all those calls were outside. The Rudiger challenge was outside the box. Mm. And even I didn't need a replay to see that Kepa won the ball cleanly. And then the, the Kane goal, um, you know, that rule that uh, any player behind the goalkeeper kind of counters the goalkeeper or whatever it may be, then that rule made sense as well. So from that perspective, Spurs can't complain. Those rules were fairly, um, those goals were all fairly overruled and the penalties. So I'm not, uh, I don't think we should talk about or dwell on that for too long. Um, but no, it was a kind of a dominant performance possession-wise, I felt. Um we didn't create that many chances, if I'm honest. I think bar the goal and maybe the Lukaku chance early on where Galini made a save, I don't really think there, were, there was that much to do. And then I'm quite pleased as well to see Kante and Silva get a couple of you know, the minutes they needed maybe to and few, put that fuel in the tank before the trip to the Etihad tomorrow because I think that's much needed because both of those players are probably in line to start. Yeah, definitely. And, and going into that game, I think we were full of confidence anyway after the back of the the way we played against uh, Spurs in the first leg as well. So I was confident going into it and you do always have that slight apprehens- apprehensive sort of feeling in the back of your mind that obviously you're playing away from home. Um, you kind of, I mean, I, I expected Spurs to come out and give us a game, you know, give us something to, to work with. And they didn't really do that. Maybe that's because they were missing, uh, you know, Son wasn't in the team as well. You know, I was speaking offline to someone and I was saying, you know, you look at that Spurs team and it isn't, it isn't a team that should worry you. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, to, you know, from a Spurs perspective, but they're just not. Okay, bar maybe Son and Harry Kane, there's no one else in that team that you would probably see as a threat, you know, see that you would you would want to take out that team. You know, you'd love them to come to Chelsea. There's no one. So I thought going into that game, yes, I thought they were going to give us, you know, something to work with, but yeah, we were on top of them straight away, mm. and we, and we, we, you know, we we controlled the possession, controlled the tempo of the game. You know, Rudiger, who it's strange because if you know, if I go back to sort of episode forty three or forty two, I can hear myself saying, you know, oh, he doesn't deserve that contract. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't warrant that contract. But 
if he's talking about 200,000, you know, 250,000, I think that's the going rate for a, a player of that quality. And, you know, if we're, if we're, we're willing to lose that level of quality, it, you know, for me, it's a, it's a no brainer getting signed up because not just for the goal, but for his defensive performance, you know, you can see him orchestrating that defensive line as well. He's, he's in co- conversation with Kepa. Um, you know, you mentioned around Kepa, around the, uh, the, the tactical awareness or if you want to call it that but the awareness to, to make sure he's level with that defensive line I can't remember who was behind him whether it was Rudiger or Melanxar Rudiger uh, I think I think it was Rudiger so just to have that awareness it, yeah you know it was, yeah. it was a brilliant game you know a brilliant game for us as well and the fact he, he knows what he's doing as well because if you notice Kepa's the first one to, to raise his arm as soon as the goal goes in so credit, credit to us man we've we done, we, we done well yeah. we've done what we needed to do no, I have to agree uh, around the Rudiger contract situation. I know we talk about this quite we- um, on a weekly basis now, but you know, about four or five weeks ago, we were talking about 400k a week, mm. and all of a sudden now it's he's asking for it 180 between 180 and 200, which sounds a lot more kind of reasonable and realistic. Mm. And if that's the money he's wanting, and if those are the type of performances that he's putting in, then I say give it to him. And like I said a few weeks ago as well, it's, you know, between Rudiger and Christensen, which one would you want to take into a Champions League final, Rudiger? 100% Rudiger. I know that Chris Christensen's now, he's flirting with Dortmund, he's flirting with Barcelona, whereas Rudiger seems almost like the more likely one to sign that extension. So that's really pleasing to see. And yeah, I can just echo what you said about Kepa and his tactical awareness. And even I think he put in two fantastic saves from a header mm-hmm. and, you know, last minute shot. And then um, last thing I wanted to ask you actually is around the lineup, because it was, again, one of those lineups where you're looking at it and you're struggling to work out. Are we playing with wing? Who's exactly? Who's where? Are we playing with wing backs? Whereas Malang Sar is, um, you know, but um, but no, I think we have to talk about Malang Sar as well because he played in left back and I thought he was fantastic. He was winding up uh, Giovanni Lo Celso as well from time to time, which is what we like to see during the those type of London derbies. Mm. And um, he's playing with a lot more confidence now, a lot more ease. He's starting to, I think, gel into this Tuchel system. And um, having a player like Rudiger alongside him, you know, in that back four or if it's a back three, because I think he will start in a back three tomorrow against City, you know, probably brings the best out of him as well. Yeah, I think, I think again, it goes back to what we were saying about uh, Antonio Rudiger. And I think having someone like him, even the Thiago Silva, you know, you're talking about two quality centre-backs and Melanxar's coming into that sort of form that we, we hope to see of him. Very similar to Saul Niguez. You know, we talk about these kind of players and how long it's taken them to adapt. And slowly but surely, we're seeing that with Melanxar as well. And I was impressed with him. You know, I thought he, again, he loves, you can tell that he loves to get forward. He didn't look out of sorts, you know, playing on that left side as well. So I was I was impressed with him. I thought he he done what he needed to do. He He, he was calm on the ball you know he didn't look like he was in a panic at any point and yeah he just dealt with what he needed to deal with so you know hopefully you know we can continue that obviously now Christensen's got um been you know we told earlier in the press conference that Christensen's got COVID so you'd expect potentially maybe Melanxar um you know over the next couple of games or so might get a bit a bit more of a run out as well in that team yeah, um, we could probably get to our predicted lineups when we talk about City, but I think tomorrow we're probably talking about a back three of Melanxar and his two experienced players, which we just mentioned in Silva and Rudiger, mm. with Alonso and Aspio on the wing backs. Because yep. if you're playing a back four, I would not feel comfortable playing City with Alonso and Aspi, you know, in the full back positions. I don't think that suits them as well as it used to maybe back in 2017 or, you know, when we, we a couple of years ago. So, um, so yeah, I think um, given the Christensen, COVID situation and the Chiloba uh, injury 
um, that I think Saar probably will start at the Etihad tomorrow. Yeah, I have to agree. I have to agree. Before we get to the Etihad, we've got to pass Wembley. So let's let's talk about it because obviously we are in the final. I think it's the 27th of uh, February, which is the final. Now, I watched the Arsenal-Liverpool game yesterday and yes, okay, let, let's, let's get the caveats out there first. So obviously they didn't have Mane, they didn't have Salah, but they still had their usual back four. They still had Jordan Henderson, who they love to rave about. Um, surprise me on the starts when you've got Curtis Jones on the bench, but it's another story. Um, they still had Minamino and Firmino as well. They still had the quality. You know, it wasn't kids playing against Arsenal, is what I suppose I'm saying. And they did have 10 men for the best part of 45 minutes. So going into that final, obviously we're there, we've done our job. But out of those two teams, who would you prefer to play I suppose who would you prefer to who can you see going through to the finals probably the better question well it's, it's, it's a tricky one because when I look at finals I always think which team would I almost rather lose against <laughs> you know that's the kind of logic sometimes I use and um, Arsenal then well I don't know it's different for you because I'd, I'd say Liverpool you'd say Arsenal I've got my flatmate <laughs> who's upstairs and he's an Arsenal fan so I think <laughs> for me it'd have to be probably Liverpool in that case I, I don't live up north like you so it's a different yeah, one yeah. But, um, but after seeing yesterday's performance, they were both quite poor. They were both very poor. Yes, Arsenal defended well with 10 men. And yes, probably Liverpool will, come February, have Salah and Mane back. But then we saw that, you know, for more than 45 minutes, we were the better team against Liverpool at Stamford Bridge a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, the teams won't be that much different in that League Cup final come February 27th. So that being said, I think I'd rather play Liverpool. And also I think Arsenal almost relish these type of games you know cup finals or FA Cup or League Cup they'll just give it their all and they were missing some key players yesterday as well you know the likes of Odegaard uh, Smith Rowe yes I want to say Obama Yang but you know he'll probably be out in Italy come um, come February but um, yeah. but no I think it's a tricky one I think you know given the recent form of both teams you'd fancy Chelsea to beat both of them but um, but I'm going to say I'd rather play Liverpool yeah I mean I'd I think the game would be more entertaining if it's Chelsea Liverpool from from mm. my perspective anyway obviously living up north but I, I, if I'm honest I can see Arsenal going through I can mm. see Arsenal going through um you know the the second legs next Thursday I think so that will obviously rules out a Mane or a Salah coming back into that game um I just think Arsenal I think like, you just hit the ball on the head you know Arsenal love these sort of competitions they love when they're sort of the underdog they go into these games and they actually do you know they've done well to not to say that they were you know uh, challenged in an attacking position position from Liverpool yesterday but they still done well with 10 men you know and I think to do that against Liverpool albeit a weakened Liverpool team going forward I, I can see them I can see them doing it I really can I think they'll relish playing us as well as much as Liverpool will, but I think it would mean a lot more to Arsenal. You know, they they done it in the FA Cup to us a few few uh, seasons ago as well. So, you know, in my opinion, it would make, probably make for the better final if it was Liverpool-Chelsea, but I can see Arsenal going through and, you know, I'm just glad we've got our ticket there. You know, we're, we're, we're booked in already. So, um, yeah, you know, I think it'll be, be an interesting final regardless of who gets through. I think it's going to be interesting anyway. Yeah, I mean, even when you look at the two semi-finals of Chelsea, Tottenham, and Liverpool, Arsenal, it was always going to be an entertaining final, regardless of who made it through. So, um, whether it's City or Arsenal, we're going to have to play our best footy and hopefully be lifting that cup on the twenty-seventh of February. 
Yep, definitely, definitely. And one person that might actually make a difference for us, Kennedy. Let's talk about Kennedy, who's been recalled uh, from his loan. So it's a strange one, because when I read last week around his loan deal um, with, I think it was Flamengo, Hmm. and there was an option to buy at the end of the loan deal, which I'm pretty sure they were keen on doing. It's just a, is this loan recall just a case of the fact that we obviously we've lost out, you know, Ben Chilwell, we, we, we're struggling with sort of Reese James at that position as well. Aspie obviously is another one who um, is cover for right wing back as well. But in terms of left side, you know, the options were obviously Emerson, Matson, or um, go out and buy someone. So is this the, the best alternative from a Chelsea perspective that we can, can hope for? Um, you know, Thomas Tuchel's almost come out today to say that he has got, um, he's not the solution, but he is someone that, you know, we're happy to have back at the club. So do you think he's got a role to play in, in the second half of the season? Well, a few days ago when Fabrizio Romano, whoever it was on Twitter, mentioned that we were calling Emerson, um, Emerson F. Kennedy, but it was to loan him out again because Flamengo didn't trigger that option to buy him permanently at the end of the season. I thought, okay, this is typical Marina you know, wanting to make money from a player business, <laughs> business yeah, let, um, yeah, yeah, calling back in um, January and then learning up, learning back out to a you know a Spanish team, an Italian team, and hopefully they will buy him permanently come come the summer. Whereas after hearing what Tuchel had to say in his press conference today, I'm thinking mm. he's going to remain a Chelsea player until the end of the season. And if I'm completely honest, I'm actually really pleased with it. I think. Yeah, yeah. I well, think. Give, give us your thoughts. Why? Because when when he was played at fullback, I think under Mourinho or Gus Hiddink in his first season, yeah. he's not a fullback. You know, he was going up the pitch. He was challenged. He was taking players on. I remember watching him play at left back against PSG mm. at Stamford Bridge, and you know, I remember seeing him dribble, trying to dribble past Verratti, trying to dribble past uh, whoever it was on the, you know, the left hand side. I'm thinking to myself, this guy's not a fullback. He's a winger or he's a left wing back. And I think that's why, you know, this system, this Tuchel system is perfect for him. And I think when Tuchel said, you know, if we don't have get Emerson back, I've got a plan B. I think mm-hmm. Kennedy was that plan B. And I think we have to remember, he's not going to be playing every single game. You know, Alonso's there for that until Chilwell's back, but he'll be playing, you know, those Plymouth Argyle games mm-hmm. where, you know, to, to keep Alonso free from injuries. He'll be playing the odds, maybe midweek game. You know, if we, we really need to give, you know, some um, first team players a rest. And um, I'm excited at the prospect. And we have to remember as well, I think he did work very briefly under Tuchel in preseason. So Tuchel must have seen something in him to want to bring him back. Mm-hmm. And also a lot of these players that come back to Tuchel perform, you know, better mm-hmm. to the level they were last season. So I think he'll probably get better under Tuchel, if anything, like a Malangsa, like a Sanagez, like a Chiloba. So I am excited to see him for the next six months. Yeah, I'm not, I mean, I'm not entirely... I'm not disappointed, you know, he's a Chelsea player. When a Chelsea player returns, it's only a good thing, you know. And I always said I didn't really see the point in going out and buying a left, you know, a left back or, um, you know, a defensive player because we've got enough cover when we've got all these injuries out of the way, you know, we've got enough cover there already. So it didn't make any sense for me to go out and get, you know, Luca Dean or, um, you know, anyone else, Kieran Trippier, anyone else that we might have been linked with. But I do think... It's, it's it's interesting because obviously uh, Leon have come out today and said that Emerson, you know, they they've had their press conference and Emerson's hundred percent staying at the club. So it tells you we missed a trick. First of all, obviously we we 
we missed a trick in that contract. And I think going forward, that's something that needs to be addressed from a business perspective, because this could happen again, you know, with COVID, you know, this could happen numerous times amongst across, you know, the, the whole sort of playing field. So I think that's, that's a massive trick that we missed there. Um, but on the flip side of that, you also have to think about Emerson and, you know, we always expect loyalty from players or we, we ask, you know, players to, to be loyal, but when, you know, when we had Alonso, we had Chilwell, no one cared about Emerson. You know, we, we wanted him almost at the club. And, I, I, you know, I can say that hand on heart that I, I didn't mm. want him at the club. You know, he wasn't someone that um, I, I was happy to to have in the club because I didn't see him as good enough. So to see a lot of this Chelsea fan base, mainly on Twitter, I have to say, not the ones that probably go to games, but the ones that, you know, are, are on Twitter crying for Emerson to come back. They're the same ones that didn't want him there. So I understand probably he wants to stay. I'm happy with Kennedy coming back. Um, you know, I think you're right. I think he provides that cover um, in terms of being able to um, provide cover for Alonso. So, yeah, you know, and and to be fair, he, he's not that bad. You know, I just don't no. think he's had a, a, a run of games. Uh, he hasn't had the, the run of games as, you know, an Alonso or Chilwell's had in that position, you know, so at Chelsea. So I, we have to see, we have to see what can yeah. happen. You know, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not entirely uh, upset about it. No, I think you hit the nail on the head when um, you spoke about Emerson. You know, he have to, we have to remember he was third choice behind Chilwell and, and Alonso. And, you know, from the manager, from the fans, he, he would have felt underappreciated and undervalued. And that's what I've kind of said in a couple episodes back. So I don't blame him for wanting to stay at Lyon and maybe even, you know, signing there permanently come the summer. And regarding Ken- Kennedy, he's not that bad. I completely agree. Um, I remember when he, he was on a trial at Chelsea in preseason, he played Barcelona, I think, in the U.S., and I was looking at this guy thinking, this guy's a gem. You know, he was, mm. I, th- I think we still had the option to sign him permanently. And um, I was thinking we actually got ourselves a gem here in Kennedy and then things didn't really work out for him. He went on loan a few times to Watford, Newcastle. He played the odd cup game. But in the times he has played for Chelsea, he's looked decent and he's played under a lot of managers. Mourinho, Hiddink, Conte. He's yeah. come back now. He's, he's, he's under, um, I think he, he was even in, on the bench and for Lampard against Man United in his first game of the season. So he's played under a lot of managers, but if he gets him maybe more regular game time or trains more regularly of the first team. Yeah. And like we keep speaking about with Tuchel, you know, regardless of your squad number, you know, where you've come from, from your previous loan, you'll, you'll, you'll get minutes. You'll, will, you will get minutes. You know, we've seen that with Baker. We've seen that with Saar. We've seen that with Barkley. So I think he will get game time. And if he does want a future at Chelsea, which I still don't really know, it probably still is up in the air. But, you know, the next six months will probably determine that. Yeah, I have to agree with that. I have to agree. And I think he's in the right position to to do that. You know, I think it, it, it's a win-win. You know, if he if he isn't good enough or he doesn't perform or he wants to move, then at least he's had, you know, four or five months to put himself in a shot window to, to try and get a move somewhere where he's going to get regular football. But, you know, if he does come on and he, you know, he, he shows that quality that we hope he's got inside him, then he stays at the club and, and he's, you know, he's, a, he's another option to have besides Ben Chilwell and Alonso as well. So it, it can only be a good thing. You know, I think, I think for me, the two, the, the key thing now, if he stays, the key thing for me is either locking down Rudiger's deal, um, Christensen as well, of course, you know, I still want him to stay, but I think that's, and obviously Aspie, you know, Aspie's the mm. big one. I think, I think if we can keep him maybe just for another season, um, you know, a season or two, I think it'll be a, a, a year is what I think is being offered to him. He wants to, yeah then I think we either make the exception for him, which again, I think we have to. He's a not just a club captain, but he's a club, in my eyes, he's a club legend. You know, he's someone who's who's 
took the club to a next level um, alongside what John Terry did while he was captain as well. So I think we've got to make an exception for for Aspiaque. So I think he deserves it as well. So that's the, yeah. for me, uh, M- Kennedy uh, and Emerson. I'm glad that's kind of been put to bed, but we need to focus on those centre-backs yeah. now as well. One last thing I'll say just around this Kennedy situation, and I think you just touched upon it briefly, is we've, we, we haven't paid the 4 million clause to bring Emerson back or compensation or whatever um, value was um, quoted. We yeah. haven't gone into the transfer market and signed a Dina, Dest or a Trippier. Mm. And that being said, we've, probably, we've, we've used our own resources and the players that we've got out on loan, you know, in Kennedy. We've probably saved a good, you know, 20 million or 10 million or whatever value may, it could have been. Mm. Invest that money in giving Rudiger that contract, giving Aspie that contract, or maybe even negotiating a better contract for Christensen. Yeah, and that's probably what it's all boiled down to. You know, that is the plan B. You know, the plan B is bring back um, Kennedy and use that money that's now surplus to an extent and put it in towards a, a you know a wage packet for for one of those players that need to sign. But we've got to get one of them over the line. Um, luckily, they're still here for Saturday's game. Obviously, we've got a big game coming up um, Saturday afternoon, twelve thirty, Manchester City. Now, Thomas Tuchel did mention um, in the press conference that. Obviously, he was asked the question, what went wrong last time when they, you know, we played uh, Man City at the bridge. And if we're honest, I think he was, he was honest. You know, he said basically that he got his tactics wrong and he made it difficult for us to, to, you know, um, have that build up play, which you, you know, you need against certain teams, especially City. Um, what can you see different? You know, we talked about lineup slightly, but what do you expect different from this game as opposed to the one at, at the bridge? I think you would you would expect us to have you know learned from our mistakes in that game in September at Stamford Bridge. You know there was we never really looked like we wanted to win that game. We kind of just let City control it and play their football. And I can't see us you know replicating that type of performance um, tomorrow at the Etihad. So I definitely I feel we would have learned from our mistakes. And I also feel I want to say it, but we've kind of you know shown a bit more bit more form in the last couple you know since January than we 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 were showing in December. Whether that's players returning from injury, COVID, or just the manager, you know, changing his system a little. Mm. I think that's quite reassuring to see. And, you know, maybe like we always say of Guardiola, he does overthink things. He may, the only game against Tuchel that he won was that one this in the Premier League this season. The last three encounters last season were all victories for Chelsea, you know, in the Champions League final, in the FA Cup semi-final, and in the, the Premier League at the Etihad. So, um, you know, Tuchel knows how to, beat the City side. I do think that they're the best team in the world right now, Man City. They would have had a rest as well midweek, so that probably puts them as the favourites. But um, I think Tuchel, you know, one manager that knows how to adjust their tactics, you know, to face, to face these big teams is Thomas Tuchel. Mm-hmm. And um, like we mentioned, our back line will look a bit different, maybe with Saar featuring. But um, that being said, I still think he's a more than capable player, like, like he's proved in recent weeks. And I think it will be a Good performance from us. I don't know if we've got enough to win, but we'll see. Uh, yeah, I think I think it's going to be a totally different game. I think I, I agree with you. I think that game at the bridge, you know, it was it was awful. If we're honest, you know, it was we were pegged back for ninety minutes. Let's say, you know, we didn't get out of our our own box for for the majority of the game. So I think it's it's a game that we're going to need to see a, a whole shift in in attitude I think from the players and, and, and obviously from what, what Tuchel's done with them over the last couple of weeks and you know like you just mentioned we've, we've seen since that game at the bridge that 
we can play some good football. You know, we were two 0 down against Liverpool. We we brought it back to two two. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out there and say I think we can beat City. I think we can beat them. I think it's I think it's probably done us a favor that we've we've played um, that game in a week. I think regardless that we haven't really had a rest. I think sometimes rest is great, but I think if you can keep that momentum going like we have, you know, we've we've played quite a congested fixture list over the last two or three weeks. And I think that might help us in the long run. Um, yes, I, I think obviously the, the, the Christensen um, COVID issue is a is a slight problem, but I think Malang Sar showing that he can actually play in that position as well. You know, I think we still need to see a bit more from Lukaku, if I'm honest. I think, you know, he hasn't necessarily, um, since obviously the, the interview and all that stuff, he hasn't really, you know, lit up the Premier League. He hasn't done what we expected him to do. And I think, you know, going into a game like this, as, as big as this as well, I think this is his time to, to show not just the Premier League, but Chelsea fans what he can actually do. And yeah, I think we need more from him. You know, I think the front mm. three for me would probably be Pudisic, um, Mason Mount I'd put up there as well. I'd have Kovacic and Kante in the middle. I'd obviously have Thiago Silva, Rudiger, uh, Melanxar back three and then Alonso and Aspi Aspi on the on the right as well. So and obviously Kepa, who we've spoken about, I think it's a it's a it's a good test for him. I think obviously we we spoke about him in um, you know, League Cup and um he didn't play in the FA Cup, but the League Cup games, this is a big test for him now. You know, this is a, a, a different ball game, you know, playing against Man City. So it'd be interesting to see how he performs if he can take that into a Premier League game, which I think he can, you know, I think it'll be be interesting to see. Yeah, I'd have to agree regarding Kepa. I, you know, we talk, we used to speak a lot last season when he played, it would make the fans a little nervous, but I don't think there is any nerves, you know, amongst the yeah. fan base now when he plays. And regarding Lukaku, you, you're spot on, you know, I think after that interview, all the Chelsea fans expected him to play with almost a lot of frustration, almost unleash that frustration onto the pitch, you know, given what's happened. But it has almost looked like he's just kind of gone back to that form that he had around October time where he looks a bit, a bit lost on the pitch. So he needs to change that up, you know, and the reason we signed him is to score goals in these, you know, in these big games against, you know, title, title contenders. So um, I think he will start tomorrow and I'm expecting a big, big game from him. And by big game, I mean a goal, at least a goal. <laughs> I want to, I want two goals and an assist at yeah. least, you know, I want, well, no, if I'm being real, realistic, I expect at least a goal. Um, you know, he's, he's going to be pivotal in that front three as well. Cause you, you know, Ruben Diaz is a very good centre back. Um you know, we know what we know what Man City are like as well. So he, he's going to be pivotal tomorrow. He's got to be on his game. You know, he's got to, he's got to be what we need from him as well. But also, the, the two in, in midfield is going to be key. I think obviously Kante coming back from from COVID and getting those minutes. I think in, in midweek will be crucial. Kovacic, you know, since the, even before the Liverpool game, you know, he's been playing perf, you know superb. You know, so he's been he's been brilliant. If he can keep that form going with Kante next to him as well. Um, I don't see why we can't beat them, you know. So I'm going to ask you for your prediction, which we, we like to do on here. But what what would you go for? I this was one of those games where you would take a draw before kickoff, but then given how how we perform, maybe you're like, okay, no, actually we can win this. But I'm going to keep my my feet on on the ground. And say I think we'll, we'll it'll, it'll be we'll, we'll draw. I think one one. I, I I think we're going to win, and maybe that's because I'm just in one of those moods and I feel, I feel optimistic, but I think, I think we're going to win. I think we, like I said, I think the fact that we've, we've, we've played, you know, 
first leg of the the League Cup, then we had the FA Cup, or we we rested a few of the players. Still a strong squad. Um, we've played the second leg of the um, Carabao Cup, and then we're going into this big game. I think it just keeps that momentum going, and I think sometimes if you do have that break. Not to say that, I mean, it's City, you know, City can put out two 11s, so it, it doesn't really matter for them. But for us, I think we keep that momentum going. I, I can see us winning maybe 2-1. I think we'll get a 2-1 win. I, I think, like I said, Lukaku will get a goal. Maybe maybe a strange one, maybe like a an Aspie, someone who just doesn't really get on the st- score sheet as much, um, might score. Maybe a Melangsar, we don't know. You know we've, we've raved about him all week, so maybe he gets a goal to end his week. But... I'm going to go two one. I think I think maybe they might score first, and we'll get back in. I think it'd be tough for us, you know. It's City, so I think they'll they'll definitely give us a, a game very similar to what they did at the Bridge. But I think Tuchel will have learnt from that mistake, and hopefully we'll see that tomorrow. Mm, it's one of those games where yes, you know, with Chelsea, we have to remain optimistic, but you still have to lower your expectations a little and just hope for the best. But um, but no, I do agree. A win is possible. A win is yeah, possible. Yeah. Like I mentioned, Tuchel's record against Guardiola. And the players, you know, if we play anywhere near to that level we, we show against Liverpool in that, you know, end of that first half, then I think that's the type of football that can make us, you know, beat anyone. So um, I'll stick with 1-1 simply because, like I said, I'd take a draw, but, but I'm kind of happy to see you being optimistic. Yeah, yeah. Someone, someone has to be yeah. on the podcast today. <laughs> um, but no, it's going to be interesting. Obviously, early kickoffs are never my, my favourites. You know, I hate them with a passion. It, it ruins the, it can ruin the weekend. So, you know, hopefully we get the three points and, and yeah, we've got, we've got to build on that now. And my final question, I suppose to you, if we do win, big if, but if we do win, does that mean that the title race is back on? <laughs> Ask me that on Monday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if if we win and we stay clear of injuries, then yes. There we go. You heard it here first. <laughs> this is this has been episode forty nine from the Shed End Podcast. As always, we appreciate everyone who is listening. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel and also make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter. So the Twitter account is at from the shed end that's all one word and instagram as well you can follow us at from the shed end with underscores between each of the words so make sure you give us a like on there as well and make sure you subscribe i know i've just said that but please 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 subscribe to the channel um it does mean a lot to us as well makes it worthwhile so 50th episode next week we need to do something different we're gonna have a think about that and and try and uh, make sure it's a special one but 50 episodes for you already it doesn't doesn't seem like only yesterday we started it it's flown by ever since that West Brom defeat back in April when we covered the first episode. <laughs> Is that when we started? I think so. A bad one to start off with, but you know we've yeah. covered the Champions League final and some good victories along the way. We haven't had many losses since then. To be fair, if, you, if we're being being honest, you know we haven't had that many losses compared to other teams. And yeah, maybe I mean, we haven't recorded when we've lost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do avoided. lose. We just avoid recording. I think probably yeah, why. Yeah. But no, uh, we're definitely going to be back next week, 50th episode. So for anyone who has listened, thank you for listening and make sure you join us next week for another episode of From the Shed End podcast.